the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is finally Friday the 5th, and you are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how are you doing this morning? Admiring your alliteration. Finally, Friday the 5th. Ah, okay. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Well, they say a poet didn't know it. Such a pro that it you just it doesn't even register you know, anymore. You know, some things just come natural to some people, you know, Marsha. <laughs> but how are you? I'm good. Yeah. How about you? Oh, hanging in there. Hanging yeah. in there. You had a busy day yesterday before we get to our first guest who's here in studio, but you had a busy news day yesterday. Right. Um, yes, we covered the, the sentencing of Andy McCauley Jr. Of course, as expected, he was sentenced uh, to life in prison without the possibility of parole and We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on, mm-hmm. what what we saw and some of the things that um, were kind of interesting that were brought out during the sentencing phase that couldn't be in front of the jury. Right. So. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what happened behind closed doors, that's for sure. Because like I said, here before we went live, uh, I was obsessed with <laughs> watching the trial and learning everything I can about it because it was, I mean, it's so close. I mean, we can see, you know, the road that she was right. found on from here. Right. I mean, it's it was fascinating i guess i could say we'll talk about that uh, in a little while and our next guest or our first guest like i said joining us in studio 16th district senator hannah gefford how you doing this morning good morning i'm fine how are you all doing just fine thanks for joining us are you used to the title yet No. no it's a cool title to have that's for sure well, my husband's enjoying it a lot. <laughs> yeah, Senator sure. Sweetie, what's for dinner? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so walk folks, in case they haven't heard, um, walk folks through the process of, you know, what, how you got appointed to this and, and what you intend to do with, with the seat moving forward. Well, when John Unger retired, resigned to become a magistrate, the Democratic Party had the opportunity to appoint someone. And what they did, actually, the governor had the opportunity to appoint someone, but the Democratic Party had the opportunity to send three names down to the governor and to choose from that pool. And I was, I was asked to send a resume in, which I did. I hadn't ever thought about running for public office. You know, I've been a uh-huh. longtime professor right. of history and political science, theoretical, as opposed to actually being in the seat. Um, so I turned in a resume which I, I had said to them initially was, this is an academic resume. It's not a public service resume. But I did tell them, they asked some of the things I had done in the community, and I have been active in the community as well. And the governor chose me. Well, you know, it, <laughs> it's, I think it's a little uh, unfair to, to characterize it as simply academic because you have had your, your finger on the pulse of local and national politics for decades. So. Yes. It's not like you you haven't known what's been going on, which uh, I think positions you well. 
I think it does, but it's very different to be in an elected seat than to theorize from the outside. Ah, so what what are you surprised about? Well, a number of things. Um, I was surprised at how collegial the Senate is. Hmm. It's it's like you're in a club. Oh, and we do you only, feel do you feel like it's uh, been kind of tough getting into that club a little not bit? Not at all. You put that little Senate butt on, and you're one of the gang. It's very interesting. <laughs> And there are only four women in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And um, Patricia Rucker mm-hmm. is a Republican. From Jefferson She's County? Jefferson County. We're actually both a 16th district because mm-hmm. our district is all of Jefferson County and half of Berkeley County. And she has been as nice and as welcoming and as sweet as she can be. Well, and I feel I, like it would be that would be a very intimidating thing to walk into for the first time, especially as somebody like you that doesn't necessarily have a political you know, background like that. You mean in elective politics? Or yes, yeah. The, yes, the, yeah, 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 in yeah. elective politics. It was. And I'll tell you the worst thing is the building is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But it's very easy to get lost in. <laughs> <laughs> All that white marble. Oh, yeah. And it's, here it's easy to know. You're either going toward the mountain or going away <laughs> from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But Senator Byrd saved me because there is a huge statue of Senator Byrd and it points to the Senate side. Ah, <laughs> still directing your path after all these years. In, in more than one way. <laughs> when I first got down there, I tried to dress up. You know, I put most people who know me know that I'm basically a jeans, high tops person. Mm-hmm. And I hear you there. Yeah. So I try to, you know, I wore... The power suit. The uniform. Yeah, Yeah, the more power (laughs) uniform and high heels. And I thought, I will die. I can't walk (laughs) miles. Click, click, click on the marble, right? (laughs) Right. And it's long distances. And my office is as far away Uh, as you can get. It's mm -hmm. across the way and uh, down the hall. So I looked around and I thought, I see all the guys wearing sneakers. I'm going to practice what Senator Byrd taught us, which is, you should always leave people with something to remember you by. Mm. And for him, that's why he always had his fiddle. He was a senator with the fiddle. Huh, so I, I didn't thought, know that. Oh, oh, yes. He always played a little bit. And also, he's, he made orations that you'll never hear mm-hmm. again. They were, mm-hmm. He started with, sometimes he started with the Bible. Yeah. But, you know, he was just amazing that way. Well, I thought, well, I'm not, I can't quite do that. But I'll be the senator with the high tops. That's cool. Nice. Hey, and that's, uh, I mean, in style now, too, to wear the snow sneakers in formal situations. Well, it's more than I thought because I've been wearing high tops since 1968. So. <laughs> See, she's a trendsetter. That's it. <laughs> Who knew? So uh, talk about the transition. And, you know, of course, you you got appointed and then the special session hit. What, what was that like? Because, um, you know, you, there was probably a bit of a learning curve. Well, there's. I'm still learning, and I, I'm hoping that the regular session is not, or or we have an interim coming up. I'm hoping that's not going to be like the re- redistricting session because that was much more contentious. Um, but one of the things I was amazed at is the senators' um, knowledge of their communities, and not only their communities, but the whole state. And, you know, you had to comply with constitutional rules and all, but how you were going to combine different areas to be one district. Mm -hmm. And I was very impressed with that. And I was also amazingly impressed with our professional staff. We have two young people. um, Of course, everybody seems young to me these (laughs) days, but we have two young uh, people who work for the Democratic Caucus Mm -hmm. and they are 
brilliant young people and incredibly dedicated. One night, um, the young lawyer who works for us um, was up all night because hmm. there was stuff he had to do and he wanted to make sure we had all the right information to make decisions. So that was interesting to just to watch that level of work that these young people are just amazingly brilliant. And then the other thing I was amazed about was it's not just a collegiality, but we had a very, very long debate, three hours. We debated a potential requirement to mask in mm-hmm. the state to, to mandate that. It wasn't contentious. There was one moment of contention, which was kind of actually kind of funny. Um, what was that? Can you talk about it? Uh, sure. Um, a guy got, a, it, I'm not quite sure what it had to do with the debate, but he got up and he held up a Christmas stocking and a piece of coal and said, this is all our children are going to get for Christmas this year. I'm not quite sure what that had to do with our debate, but he was... Wow. Was, well, I'm <laughs> sure you can see some wild stuff. Uh, well, people the, trying to make their points. The visuals oh, yeah. that are, are uh, pretty legendary in, in West Virginia politics at this oh, point, yeah. right? Yeah. So, But that was kind of funny. But then a, a heavy debate, and it was interesting because there are doctors on both the Republican mm-hmm. caucus and the, and the Democratic caucus, and they were consulting with each other. There was a lot of consulting back and forth. And so we have this incredibly contentious debate and then the vote was unanimous. Hmm. Wow. And I, th- and I saw a lot of that, that wow. a, a lot of the votes end up being unanimous. Did that surprise you? Because as you've been a political pundit, you've been a, a student, you know, on, on our air, airwaves, as a matter of fact, you've been a political mm-hmm. pundit. And I, I know that sometimes we, when we're having conversations on election night, it veers toward the partisan. Like, here's, here's what that party is going to do. Here's the strategy mm-hmm. moving forward for this party. Did it surprise you to see that kind of uh, cooperation? Well, I had I had watched up close and personal more the federal government. I had seen that. I had worked in Washington for three years, and I watched that, and that was a little different. But but this is, it's more like, you know, they make a joke about we're all related in West Virginia, <laughs> and I think that is true in a lot of ways, either through our religious institutions, our community baseball yeah, yeah. <laughs> base points to Jordan <laughs> right um, whatever that is and I think there is a feeling that I would say in the Senate at least I would say most people really are looking for what is the best for our state and our people in the state which I find encouraging our guest this morning is Hannah Geffert she is the 16th district senator and um, so as a Democrat, you're in the minority. Very um, much so, yes. John Doyle from Jefferson County is in the House mm-hmm. uh, as as a Democrat. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else in in the geographical region who is also a Democrat. Okay, so crickets. <laughs> but uh, but so it, it's hard to uh, wield the kind of influence and power uh, as two people uh, that maybe the Democratic Party enjoyed, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, how do you move forward in your position now as a as a uh, senator for the time that you're going to be there? Well, I think I can look at what happened. And we had one committee meeting that happened during this interim, which was a health committee meeting, and it was over the COVID bill. And in there, I saw a lot more give and take. And where you really got to explain I'm on this side, not so much I'm on this side, but I think this side might be better for our state because of X, Y, and Z. And there was really conversation and thought about it. It wasn't just, 
well, our, our team is on this side and your team's on that side and that's just how it's going to be. It was really more conversation and thought about thinking about what is realistic and useful for our state. Now, I don't know if that will continue. The 15th, we go back, 13th, 14th, 15th, we go back for interims and that'll mostly be just committee meetings. I shouldn't say just because mm-hmm. really a lot of the real work happens in those committees. And I was, I enjoyed the most the committee work. So this position is up for re-election yes, soon. Ma'am. What are your plans? Well, I should say I am getting a lot of encouragement to run again. I do have to file candidacy paper soon, and I'm leaning toward running. Wow. Look at that. That's I'm, pretty impressive. I'm leaning toward it. Well, because cool. I know that I can think of at least two other people who are who have already established that they're going to put their hats in the ring. One of them, Jason Barrett, who was a former Democrat, uh, a House of Delegates ma- member, now a Republican House of Delegates member from Berkeley County, and also Renee uh, Wibley, mm-hmm. yes. uh, who's and, uh, active in the Republican Party. Locally. And so Jason will have a, I should say, Delegate, delegate Barrett. <laughs> delegate Barrett. <laughs> That's the other thing, very formal mm-hmm. language. Um, delegate Barrett will have a primary. And I think it's going to be a hard primary because she has been active with the Republican Party for a long time, is very well respected over there. Um, so he may have to put a, a good bit of effort into that primary. It's a lot of fun to think of you being appointed to this kind of unexpectedly and yeah. then, and then you know, kind of taking to it. Getting to kind of show people what you can do before, you know, letting them decide if they want you to do it. <laughs> right. You know? Right. That is a little different. Mm-hmm. But also, it was a, a very lovely way to begin. Mm-hmm. Now, the the redistricting was not lovely, but the mm-hmm. the other meeting, the other folks who were in the Senate... Um, Mrs. Rucker has been nothing but sweet and kind to me and fixes my pin if it wasn't <laughs> in the right direction. That's, that's what girls do. Really? All right? You know, that's what <laughs> friends do. And it was also interesting to meet um, people who had been there a long time and have seen the shift in power. Mm-hmm. And remembering that even if you're in the minority, you can influence people mm-hmm. because you're when you're working on legislation, the redistricting is a little different, but when you're working on legislation, if you have a good idea and you can explain to somebody else why you think this might be better for our state, our people, than another idea, you can actually influence folks. And the Eastern Panhandle delegation, I'm sorry, has more um, pull now than it has in in many years. Well, yes. Leadership roles. Leadership roles, yes. Um, You know, Jason, um, not Jason, um, Craig Blair, mm-hmm. Senator Craig Blair is the president. And I have to say, he has been enormously kind to me. Um, we've known each other for a lot of years right. and sometimes have gotten into things. But what was interesting is we've always, if we disagreed, that didn't affect our friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to know, it's, uh, I guess, uh, ease of mind to know that uh, with it being so you know heavily Republican in the Senate, that there is that give and take still. So you know that uh, it's not just like, hey, we have the most votes. This is what we're going to do. Well, it was interesting because I think the the Republican caucus is more divided than the Democrats. The Democrats were pretty much together on things. Uh, kind of have just, to almost. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there were fewer of us. Yeah. Um, but there seems to be two two parts of the Republican caucus. And so they they had to work out their stuff before we could even play in the mm-hmm. game. 
So, uh, you know, now that you're a senator and, and you're, you're moving towards like constituent services and all mm-hmm. those things, instead of like, as you mentioned, like the academic outside looking mm-hmm. in, are you going to have town halls? How are you going to communicate with your constituency? Well, I would like to have a, uh, I would like to have a town hall. I don't know if it would be a formal town hall, but a more meet the senator kind mm-hmm. of event. That feels good, doesn't it? Say mm-hmm. that. Meet the senator. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it to me it feels like a lot of responsibility because well, I am representing a lot of people in the Eastern Panhandle. And even though we have a lot of leadership within the Senate, it's still our problems are so different than the other parts of the state. And the, the coal mine area does not want to hear about, we've got so much population mm-hmm. moving in. Yeah. We're right. losing all our oh, green so space. so much prosperity. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also infrastructure. We have right. serious infrastructure problems up here mm-hmm. because we have these one and a half lane roads and now we've got a thousand people living there where before it was like three farms. Mm-hmm. So that makes a difference. I think we're going to have water issues in our area. Mm-hmm. I think that's of concern. So... It's very, sometimes it's difficult to explain to people from the other part of the state, we have the exact opposite problems of what you're having. Again, speaking with Hannah Gefford, the 16th District Senator, uh, we only have a few minutes here before we have to get to our first break. But all those years, you know, of, uh, I guess, outside looking into politics, how is it, you know, being behind the curtain a bit? Is it uh, what you expected it to be? You've kind of touched on this a little bit, but is it uh, what you thought? It's... It's interesting because it's it's much more you're in a club, and I didn't really expect that because Washington is not quite like that. Because mm-hmm. you know, even well, among- I feel like you're so removed in Washington from you know your constituents, and when you're in state government, I mean, you're you'd run into them in the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but that used to happen when I was on the radio, right? That I'd be I'd be in the grocery store, and somebody would push me into the meat counter and say, "What oh. were you thinking about?" This? <laughs> oh, 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 wow. So, Hope nobody does that. Jordan, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> no, no one has. It. You're a little bigger than I am. <laughs> no one's pushing you into the meat counter. <laughs> well, I appreciate you stopping in and chatting with us today. It's very interesting to hear, especially somebody that doesn't come from like an elected political background that is now in that space. It's uh, very interesting. And congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Oh, Hope and I got to ask you yeah, you're a baseball fan. What's your favorite baseball team? This might be the oh, biggest you, question. Is that like picking a favorite I know, kid? I know. Well, well, you got to have one, at you least You mean one. besides the Martinsburg Bulldogs? Yes. Oh, the Martinsburg yes. Bulldogs yes. is but, like um, I would say the Phillies. Oh, my dad my, my dad goodness. was a Philly fan. My grandfather played for the Trenton A's, which was oh, a, right. a minor league team for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So my heart's still there. That's and very cool. when my husband watches even football, mm-hmm. he only roots for the White Sox. Really? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We Basketball, whatever we're watching, he's rooting for the White Sox. <laughs> We got 16th District Senator Hannah Gafford. Thank you for stopping in to Panhandle Live this morning. And can you let everybody know uh, where they can go to maybe reach out to you, get in touch with you if they have any questions or anything? Um, yes. Grocery store. Yeah, grocery uh-huh. store, not the meat counter. <laughs> the grocery store, I can give them my cell phone number. Okay. If you'd like to. Yeah, whatever you'd like yeah. to put out there. Although I never know it because I don't call myself. So let me go <laughs> look it up here. I really hope nobody decides to do that to us, Marsha. Could you imagine? No, I would. I, That's the I nice thing be, about being in radio is that most of the time nobody knows who you are until that you start talking to them. You know how low my center of gravity is. I would be in the meat 
counter like after like they just tip me over and be like there with the ribeyes <laughs> that well, would be a bad look <laughs> ran into a neighbor the other day and he was like hey i heard you're on uh you're on the radio whatever da, da, da. i'm like yeah and he said uh, yeah i tuned in the other day and i started well, i heard you talking i heard you say your name then the more you started talking the less it sounded like you like, well no but but you know that that's yeah. true your voice doesn't sound like you you could read my number <laughs> I've also had somebody say uh, once I've been talking to them, they've met me for the first time that they said I sounded uh, a lot shorter than what I am. <laughs> See, anyway. I get the opposite. <laughs> I hope I sound taller. Okay, so Hannah's contact number, if you want it, is 304-620-5146. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And on. stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit a new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it, for the break, we had 16th District Senator Hannah Geffert on uh, to chat about her, uh, I guess, Last couple of months in mm-hmm. uh, the state capitol, which did, have sounded did, very interesting. Did she make a breaking announcement, or can we call it that? It sounded like it. Sounds like she's going to, uh, well, she said she's leaning towards uh, running for office again here once the, uh, once it comes back around, which is very exciting. It, it's really neat to see the trajectory, because we've had her on our airwaves election night. She's She was a very active political pundit. I'd love to hear her get all fired up about some yeah, it, it got hot occasionally uh, whenever she and someone from the other side of the aisle would be talking, especially national politics, as she mm-hmm. mentioned. So, right. Um, but I mean, to, to bring that level of kind of expertise on on politics to, to actual um, mm-hmm. fruition, it's kind of kind of neat. And I love that she's so appreciative that she's being so well received and yeah. feels like there's some collegiality there. Although she's a Phillies fan, which is you know tough. what? Why that is tough. Why do people do that? Why do you tough one? Why? Why is that? Uh, you why, know, why you gotta try and find something, something wrong. Okay. You know? It's right. gotta be the Phillies. Definitely gotta be the Phillies. <laughs> but uh, there was big local news yesterday, and it was the McCauley trial, the sentencing uh, for Andy McCauley, who of course was found guilty of all charges in the murder of Riley Crossman. And you were on the scene, right? So it kind of wasn't unexpected, right? The outcome yesterday because the jury had uh, had it, uh, expressed its wishes that he be uh, sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Um, and so there was a lot of political or, um, you know, uh, conversation in the courtroom among the, the, um, the, the defense and the prosecution about, you know, what could stick, what kind of sentencing uh, should happen. Uh, in the end, uh, Judge Deborah McLaughlin uh, pretty much went for the maximum of everything, the mm-hmm. maximum fine, the maximum uh, sentences on each of the three charges that he was found guilty on, and also um, running the sentences so that they're not running all together, so that it, it was almost like, okay, he's got a life sentence without the possibility of parole, but also the prosecutor seemed to want to seal up every possible door of escape. Right. Um so, you know, I think if, if you're in the victim's family, that probably is um, of a some comfort. A little bit comfort. of closure. Yeah. yeah, some comfort. Were there any uh, big speeches given yesterday? So, or was it mainly just legal jargon and then 
the judge kind of gave her final thoughts? Typically during sentencing, it is allowed to have a victim impact statement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a lot of letters read, you know, if there are multiple victims or family members. In this case, uh, Chantel Oakley, the victim's mother, uh, spoke before the court and uh, basically, she uh, started by saying what a great kid Riley was and uh, and then said, you know, Andy McCauley took all that away. Mm-hmm. And she said uh, the sentence that had been prescribed, and this was before the actual sentence was declared by the judge, um, she said, you know, that it, it's that's still not enough. I just never want him to see the light of day. I don't want him to see his own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had, you know, no no love <laughs> For, for the defendant uh, right. in, in her statements. The other um, interesting aspect, I think, was, um, as you remember, uh, Court TV mm-hmm. was um, was in the courtroom during the trial, uh, so there was a wide audience. Yeah. A lot of people following the story, and a lot of people weighing All in All over on, the world. Yes, a lot of people weighing in on social media. The judge uh, addressed that and said... Uh, to Chantel Oakley actually apologized to her and said, uh, you know, as much good as having court TV was, you know, for the exposure and, you know, um, having this trial out there and for people to observe. uh, She said, I realized that it's brought a lot of scrutiny Mm -hmm. on, on you and uh, you know, could, could be a source of trauma basically for, for Chantel Oakley and her remaining children uh, especially as folks randomly, you know, on on the anonymity of social media, weigh in mm-hmm. and condemn. And so, I uh, she actually uh, Deborah McLaughlin got pretty emotional as she was apologizing to uh, Chantel Oakley for any uh, you know outcomes of right. having court TV in the room. The other interesting uh, part uh, related to that is that uh, prosecutor Dan James said um, there had been a lot of gossip and social media threads that seemed to want to indicate that uh, Andy McCauley Jr. had not operated on his own, that hmm. for that he might be covering up for someone, or that, for example, Chantel Oakley might have been involved in her daughter's death. And he said he had never been involved in a case with this much evidence that had been processed, and every bit of it pointed to one person as solely responsible for the crime, right. and that is Andy McCauley Jr., and uh, I think it it was kind of an interesting um, punctuation mark on the whole trial because there was a lot of buzz around the community. And, you know, as a mom myself, and I'm looking at that and, try, you know, you, you think about what it would be like to be in that kind of position yep. and then also have the condemnation of people. Yep. You know, some people you don't even know. Some people you do know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dan James just made a point to say, look, we investigated the heck out of this. <laughs> there was a it lot was, of evidence. It was crazy the amount of evidence that uh, they had for this. And 234 pieces incredible. of evidence. It was incredible. And it was incredible how quick they got through all that evidence through the trial. I mean, mm-hmm. this, I was, and I think you were too, expecting this to at least be like a two-week Right, we, we kind of carved thing. out the time for that. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, it was only done in just over uh, a week. But yeah, I, I'm glad that the conclusion came to what it was and that it's all kind of finalized i guess i mean of course it's never going to be over right Right. but uh uh that things are kind of where they're at we can sit here we can be like on to the next story but if you're in the community in berkeley springs this is this would have been riley's senior year yep and um so i'm sure you know they'll be thinking about that as graduation comes around as you mentioned when you drive by the Mm -hmm. the area where her home used to be 
There's know? that little memorial. Mm-hmm. You think about that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that this will carry, this will be with people for a while. Oh, yeah. Especially in, you know, the, like you said, the tight knit community that is Berkeley Springs, Morgan County, you know, mm-hmm. Eastern Panhandle as a whole. Right. I mean, I have people from all over the place texting me about it from, you know, Maryland, of course, to all over the place, Virginia. Locally. So another another uh, point that came out, actually, there were two. We got time. Okay. Uh, there were two things that came out. One, um, and uh, Jeff Jenkins asked me about this uh, yesterday when he's getting the, the report from me. Uh, was there ever a motive that mm. was brought out? And no, there wasn't necessarily, yeah. um, you know, specifically during the trial. But um, during the jury trial, there was some uh, evidence that couldn't be presented because it was uh, evidence of prior uh, character mm-hmm. uh, or prior acts of, a, of the defendant. But uh, during the sentencing phase before the judge, uh, Prosecutor Dan James said that uh, there had been conversations. Uh, some, of, some of that part of it had been heard uh, during the evidence part of the trial. But um, both Riley's mother and uh, Andy McCauley's former uh, uh, mm-hmm. partner, who's mm-hmm. the mother of his children, had said that when Andy McCauley Jr. was on drugs, he became sexually aggressive. Mm. And so, um, you know, that that led Dan James to say, you know, it's they both, both of these women said, brought up the specter of the idea that maybe he went in with the idea of sexually assaulting her. Yeah, what a sad story. That right. poor girl. Right, right. Mm-mm. But uh, I guess it's to a legal end now. What do you think of the whole process since you were around it? I mean, literally from start to finish. Well, it's fascinating for one thing. I think the the people in Morgan County who were part of this investigation and the people in the state of West Virginia, of course, the FBI and all of that that helped out, did themselves proud. I think they all took this very seriously mm-hmm. and understood, you know, the import of of bringing this to justice. And I think they... I, you know, as some people said, uh, this, this was a textbook, you know, the, the way that they handled it, yeah. um, and brought it all together. And it was fascinating to be kind of, uh, courtside. Absolutely. And it was crazy to watch because it felt like, like you said, how official and proper everything kind of transpired. It was like you were watching a true crime show mm-hmm. or something like that. It was, uh, it was an impressive proceeding. That's for sure. But, uh, we'll have, you know, background stories and stuff like that over on our uh, socials. And of course we'll be talking about it on uh, WPM and WCST as well. But coming up after the break, we have local author Bonnie Barrow Smith on to talk about her new book, Saints and Demons. It's coming up here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, Spring West Virginia and Maryland, helping families, businesses, uh, and individuals with all their legal needs. You can visit a new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it, before the break, we had local author Bonnie Barrow-Smith in to talk about her new book, Saints and Demons, which sounds like uh, a 
That was a tease, what would I though. Say? Like, I, it was definitely a tease. I, I, I'm awful at giving like descriptions like this, so I don't even know why I'm trying. Uh, not a coming of age story, no. but kind of a uh, coming into your own, I guess. Or? Mm-hmm. Well, and and overcoming yeah, a lot. So what, you know, I thought it was interesting because she's like, "Yes, there are a lot of examples in the book, but you know, you're gonna pretty much but you're have gonna to have read, read it." Yeah. yeah. So I I thought that was masterful, actually. Yeah. So uh, make sure you listen back to that. Uh, if you missed any of uh, that story, of course, also we had 16th District Senator Hannah Geffert on to start the show. And then we were talking about uh, the Macaulay sentencing where he uh, well, he got the book thrown at him, really, I guess, without being too blunt. Yeah, pretty much uh, the yeah. prison door soldered shut. Yeah, which, well, anyways, but that's the uh, outcome of that one. So, uh, yeah. Got a lot of stuff going on around the the area this weekend, though, especially since it being, uh, well, we're definitely in the fall now. I had to oh, scrape, I, I had oh. to scrape my windows off this morning. That's why I was running a little late. Mm-hmm. I, I and I even have my parents bought me, well, bought me, my sister, I think everybody, I think they got these. Uh, it's this, it's like a, it's kind of like a sunscreen, right? But mm-hmm. instead of putting the inside of the car, you put it on the outside, really, and it just covers it. So if you got snow in the forecast or whatever, you put that on, you you. Close the uh, the doors onto it mm-hmm. so it stays on the window, and then you don't have to scrape your car, your front windshield off or anything. You just open your car door, you rip that thing off, and then your window's fine. That's and of outstanding. Course, I know, and of course, I haven't used it once. Where is it? Do you know where it is? It's in the. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. It's in the. It's, it, in the it's in the car. Okay, and I right after the show, on. go put it in the front seat. Uh, but it's it's massive. Oh yeah, I mean it, it like, covers the whole could front windshield. Your whole. It oh, doesn't yeah. like fold up and you can like you gotta roll it. it. You gotta roll it. Yeah, you gotta roll it up. But there uh, there is a ton of fall activities going on, not only just going around and checking out the fall foliage, but the Trails and Trees Tour. Right. The tenth annual. Mm-hmm. Uh it is uh Saturday and Sunday, ten to five. And uh you can find the map and all of that uh at trailsandtrees.org. We talked to a couple of the artists. And, uh, you know, there will be, you'll be seeing these artists in their studios. Some of them will be working on projects. You can talk to them, uh, you know, specifically about how they do their craft. And, uh, you know, as we were talking to Weez Mace, she was saying, you know, I'm still working on stuff for for Christmas, Mm -hmm. but um, it it may be a little too late to order for Christmas this year, but get your order in early for next year. Right. Yeah, say if you wanted uh, any of those dog portraits, mm-hmm. I know she said are in high demand. They're so sweet. Mm-hmm. But that's so going talented. on. That is going on. And then um, uh, Love in Action, we just wanted to remind folks that uh, if you want to get in on the uh, Love in Action, it's, it's free. Uh, the Martinsburg uh, Union Rescue Mission is putting that on over at the Independent Bible Church on Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaker will be former Navy SEAL Chad Williams. And uh, so you can go into the Union Rescue Mission a website and find links for that to yep. uh, you know nail your seat down. Got uh, football this weekend too. Mm-hmm. Got Berkeley Springs unfortunately on the road today for their last game of it's the year. It's gonna be pretty though to drive out there. Yeah, down in Moorefield, uh, the distance isn't gonna be great. How long? But it's think? like an hour and a half. Well, that's not I bad. think. But it's. I mean, you can't like anywhere in West Virginia. You can't take a major highway there. I was gonna say. So yesterday, after I got out of court, I I called you. Mm-hmm. I called Jeff Jenkins to mm-hmm. to do the you know network stuff and then i called um you and you're like ah you should just enjoy the foliage take the long way home like yeah that's a great idea and then i realized every way is a long way <laughs> <It really is. laughs> well especially for you because mm-hmm. you were pretty much uh done the opposite, for the studio yeah. for the day mm-hmm. your office hours were done for the day so you uh yeah you really had a long way to go from anywhere out that way but it was so pretty 
It, it is gorgeous. Is this is the weekend to go out and, yeah. and enjoy some foliage before yeah. it gets really cold and takes Man. all the leaves off. Yeah, I think I'm going to be going out and enjoying some of the fall foliage enjoy. this weekend. And I won't be here on Monday, Marcia. So yeah. you got to take things over for uh, the beginning of next week. I'm so nervous. Y'all pray for me. Uh, you'll you be have, fine. A, have a good broadcast, though. I'll try to listen in uh, to both your football games on 92.9 uh, for Berkeley Springs High School. That's and then right. 95.9 The Big Dog for Shepard that. on yeah, Saturday. You say you're not a sports person. <laughs> you say you're not a sports person. But yeah, Berkeley Springs is over on 92.9 WXDC or for free on 92.9 WXDC app. And of course, Shepard over on 95.9 The Big Dog and for free on the 95.9 The Big Dog app. But uh, I don't know. Anything else, Marsha? We still got a few seconds. They can find us on Spotify now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Make sure you listen back to this episode either on our Panhandle Live Facebook page or on our Spotify Facebook page. Just search Panhandle News Network or Spot or Panhandle Live on there, and you'll find us. But uh, have a good weekend. I'll you see too. you on Tuesday. I'll see everybody on Tuesday. Have a great weekend out there. Uh, this has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will see you next week. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.